Welcome to the Wildly Balanced Podcast. Wildly Balanced is your weekly permission slip to bring more fun and wildness into your work-life balance. Join us every week for our favorite tips on how to have more fun, shift your mindset, and let your wild side flow. What's up, Jill? Nothing, Carly. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What are we getting into today? This is the second episode of Wildly Balanced. I know it's crazy. Um, We're going to talk about our journey. So I guess the first one is mine because I'm selfish and here we are. Ladies first. Ladies first. So what are you? I figured it's fair. My name goes first on the pod cover. So you can just share your journey first. I like that. Yeah. So my journey to entrepreneurship. You know, I hate that word because I like feel like I never own it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's, I struggle to own entrepreneurship. You struggle? What does that mean? Tell me more about that. What a great coach question, Carly. You're learning so well. Um, I well, I'm coaching Academy like, three times. <sighs> three time attendant, never graduate, Carly. <laughs> Uh, You'll learn more about my journey in the next episode. I am a underachiever. We'll put it that way. True that. You could do so much, but you, like me, I'm like, nah, I don't know. Anyway, I just feel like entrepreneurship, like, it's a scary word, first of all. Like, I feel like I get scared of that word. But, like, secondly, like, I feel like I'm not working and sustaining myself in my, like, own business. Like, I do have clients that I see we're doing this podcast, like we're running it, but it's not sustaining my life. Like I have another full-time coaching job too. So like, I feel like, like I'm not an entrepreneur, but I am. I don't know. That's why the word scares me. And that imposter syndrome sneak in. Yeah, definitely. I think that's exactly what's happening. And I totally own that. Like I do feel that imposter syndrome all the time, but like, yeah. Well, damn. Well, then let's start at the very beginning with your journey to non-entrepreneurship, whatever you want to call it. Tell me about Jill from day one. Tell me about Jill. Well, I was born on a cold, warm summer's day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was born on my dude. Chris, May afternoon. Night. I was 10, 10 p.m., baby. As a night baby. I'm my due date. Want to just point that out. Always on time. You know, I think. I hate the fact that we make people decide, not make, but like in the United States, it's very common that like you need to have your life figured out by 18 to know what you're going to do next. And like, you know, I feel like I always was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And like, I really want to be a lawyer. So I was like, only one, one sided. I visited like literally one college, like one university, picked it, picked their major and like went to it for like a pre-law type thing. And you're like, I'm 18, fresh out of high school. This is going to be my life. I hate that Canada is the exact same way. It's like last week you had to ask to go to the bathroom and now you get to decide your entire career path based on like one weekend and one college brochure. Exactly. And it's like, here's all this freedom now that you like didn't have, you know, two months ago. Like, you know, when you start college, you're just like, yeah, a week ago instead like, exactly. But I went there decided that I like had too much freedom and didn't want to like study all the time either plus like the classes I took I don't know if this is like really what I want to do and like having like you know that quarter life crisis 
of like, what am I going to do? But I was like 18, so it really wasn't a quarter life crisis, but like definitely felt, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. So I changed my mind. I decided to come back home, go to like our local community college. That's like five minutes from my parents' house. Like I'm like, I could just live at home, save some money. Save that rent. Exactly. Save that money, spend it on other unnecessary things because I'm still an adult, but like not. Because you're a useless 18-year-old who has no sense of commitment. I was, I was probably 19 at this point, but still useless. Agreed. Fun fact, that's the drinking age in Canada. So you can start yeah. drinking at 19. Fun fact, I did go to Canada on my 19th birthday <laughs> to drink. Nice. Actually, BC, where I live, it's 19, but like each province is different. So in Alberta, it's only 18. We went to Windsor because it was like right across the Michigan border and we could drink there. Fair, fair. You're on the other coast. Other side of the world, it feels like sometimes. This episode of the Widely Balanced Podcast is sponsored by Coach Jill Arndt. Are you feeling stuck in that balance rut and you're not sure how to get out of it? Listeners of the Widely Balanced Podcast can sign up to get a free 30-minute balance audit with Coach Jill to help them sort out their balance needs and get them on the right track to feeling more balanced today. Go to www.coachjillarnt.com backslash balance audit to find out more and schedule your free 30-minute balance audit. And then, so like at the community college, I was like, I don't know. My mom taught there, like she's a professor at it too. So like I got free classes. So I was like, well, I'll just figure out what I want to take through that. I started taking American Sign Language classes. And I was, I know. Everyone always loves that. I'm like, fancy. But um, it's so uncommon, I find. It is. And like, it's crazy to me because I'm always like, you know what? You can have a child that's born deaf. You're never going to have a child coming out speaking Spanish or German or Italian. Okay. Like they're going to be born. You know what I mean? So this is going to help everybody, but that'll be for maybe another podcast another day. But yeah. So, I mean, I took the classes. I loved it. My professors were like, you're really good at this. Like very natural. Like you should definitely look into it. I'm just like, sure. So I started looking into like what universities in the area offered like a four-year degree for American Sign Language. And I was stuck because I had to choose between do I want to teach it? Like, do I want to be an ASL teacher in like a high school or something? Do I want to be an interpreter for deaf people? Or do I just want to learn the language? And like... Yeah, that's a hard decision. I definitely struggled. I like went back and forth. But like, honestly, and like fun fact and later, but like, I hate writing lesson plans. So I was like, teachers out, teachers out, right? Like, hell no. Um, Credit to all those teachers that have to do that because like, it is not my cup of tea at all. So I was like, you know what? I'll just learn the language. I'm not going to go any further. Like interpreter, like my brain, I feel like isn't like fast enough to like keep up with it all the time. And like, you'd have to like switch it out. No, shout out to all the interpreters because I know that they are some badass humans too. Like doing that, you got to remember it. Then you got to like translate it. And then you got, I can't. Mm-hmm. We had a, uh, if I can slide in my little side story here, we had a, a girl in my high school. She wasn't fully deaf, but she was like close to it. Like she had hearing aids and everything. Mm-hmm. And we always had an interpreter. So like every school assembly, we would have her, like Nicole was her name. She was the assigned language interpreter, like up at the front of the class. And like, I had a couple classes with this girl. So like she would always be at the top of the class, like talking to, you know, like signing along with the teacher. And I always could never understand how she like, how she was able to listen 
immediately translate it and then like sign it back to this girl. I'm like, yeah. how? How does that compute? That brain. It's like a lot of brain space that I don't have. I don't feel like so. I'm like, nope. But anyway, took all the classes, loved them. I loved learning about it. Loved all the deaf friends I've made, like all the people I've met through it. But then like, you know, you get to the end of your college career and you're just like, what am I going to do next? So I like sat down with my advisor and I was like, I don't know. You know, I've always been drawn to like helping people. Like that's always been a skill of mine. People have always been like, come to me for like whatever they need. They've always done that so I'm like you know what I'll go ahead and you know look at different things and he's like you know they could use somebody you know the deaf students could use someone who can help them in their language like they don't have to have an interpreter to like you know he was giving me like the counseling route type thing stuff like that so he's like you don't have a therapist that has an interpreter there like you can just communicate with them in you know, their language, like it's not anything like they can open up more, all that stuff. Totally. It's so important. And so like so much easier to feel supported when you're able to speak your own language. Right. Exactly. So I was like, yeah, it sounds so good. And I ended up going for school counseling, which fun fact, they write lesson plans too. I was so mad when I found that out. I was like, God dang it. I can't get out of this. So yeah, fun fact, I never went in. I never had a job as a school counselor. I just went right to therapy after that. But yeah, I love, you know, grad school was great. Learned so much. Really worked it. I love helping people like anybody. I love, you know, it doesn't, you know, I, I am sad that I don't really work with more deaf people. And like, I don't really, you know, I haven't held on to the language that as much. You know, I still, you know, sign songs to myself or like I'll catch myself signing or like, I'll watch videos and stuff just to kind of like try to keep it up. I know I'm a lot slower than I used to be with it all. But it came to like just really falling in love with the helping profession and like really wanting to help people. So like I worked job after job. So I worked as a therapist. I worked in community mental health. And like it just was like I loved it, but it was just so much like working as a therapist. Like you're just absorbing so much of like everybody's I don't want to say issues because like that's I feel like it's mean to say but like I really need to I know this isn't going to sustain me like long term because like I'm such like what like a I love like I fall into things so hard like I'm like mm-hmm. I don't sounds very that. heavy and like empathetic yeah I don't want to say I'm an empath because I don't think I like would qualify myself as like that connected to things but I definitely feel it like when people are feeling sad and stuff like that um so like I'm probably like a little bit of an empath but you know so I found work in the crisis field and like I like that because I feel like I can be calm under pressure like in a situation like that I worked there for about like three four years I don't know it was so long ago and I'm like I really do enjoy supporting people in those like really deep personal moments and like getting them to feel back to like a better place and helping them find support and so I'm like you know I loved working that but it just got that burnout was far quicker than like any other burnout because it was like there's only so much about like people wanting to end their life that you can hear about on a daily basis and like it's tough right and I know it's out there and I know people are experiencing it and it's 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 so hard and I give the people the credit that can continue to do this over and over again because like mad props to you but like 
I definitely felt that weight of the world basically like sometimes and I just couldn't do it yeah so then I was kind of stuck of like okay where do I go next like done the therapy thing done the kind of like crisis in the therapy like what what am I going to do now and I had a friend who was like you know what about coaching and it was still like I mean I feel like coaching is still kind of like a newer avenue and so I was like yeah like let me look into it like figure out like see if I like really like it found a job with it loved it ever since like I love that it's like so much of the future facing positive like goal oriented you know person-centered like it's very much like you like let's solution focus like we're figuring out what you need to help you and I love that so you know I got all the accreditations collecting the accreditations between like the ICF and the health and wellness coaching board like collected them all collecting them like Pokemon gotta catch them all you know gotta make sure I got them all so that is how Coach Jill Arndt came to be. Yeah. And then like, I mean, I guess like starting my own business, it was tough to like put myself out there. Definitely. I've always, I always had like a friend in high school who we're still friends now, but like we always would talk about like, let's start a business, let's start a business. But like we would never jump into it. Like we never did it. And it's scary because it's like, you know, there's so many things like liability and like, you know, all of the confidentiality and like HIPAA and like all of the personal private information and all that stuff. And I'm like, it's scary, especially doing like a profession like this when it's like people are sharing a lot of like very intimate details of their lives with you and stuff like that. So yeah, I did it. And, you know, I just, I jumped at it probably with a push from our dear Lord and Savior Jenna. Cause like, you know, our Lord and Savior Jenna Teague because we love her um she definitely gave me that that courage to spread my wings and fly so to speak and it really what helped me like kind of launch it even further is like I would take clients here and there and stuff but like really launching my own personal side of it was joining QCA too of like you know I can't do this I can put myself out there more and not just kind of do it quietly behind the scenes like but actually like start an Instagram and put my presence out there and like really start marketing it and like those scary things, you know, like, ooh, I don't know. Yes, that's so exciting. So can you, you told me a lot about your background. Can you tell me more about what Coach Jill Arndt is? Like, what do you coach on? What do you do? Tell me everything. Tell the viewers everything. So I love coaching mostly. I can do anything. I coach on everything. My one job. I love focusing on um, balance, obviously, like our podcast, Um, life balance. So like really focusing on how you're going to balance whatever you're balancing in life. It could be balancing your career. It could be balancing your relationships. It could be balancing, I don't know, whatever, like eating, working out. Like you have so much to balance that makes up you as a whole. But I'm just so passionate about like how you figure it out. And I think, you know, it's balance is so important. And like, you have people where like, you know, if you're stuck in that routine or that rut of like, okay, I gotta wake up, I gotta go eat my, you know, same breakfast every morning and go work out for 25 minutes and go do this. It's like, it's balance. Yes, like you're balancing that. But like, are you really fulfilled? And I want to make sure that you're fulfilled in what you're balancing in your life. And like, 
really making sure you're inspired by that too. And so that's what I do. I help my clients like really feel that balance, work on boundaries because I feel like boundaries is so important with your balance. Like you don't got good boundaries. Like that's where everything starts slipping. Time management's all in there. Like it's just all encompassing to make sure that you're happy and like, you know, making sure you're feeling fulfilled. And I think that is the most important part of what I do. And then every day coaching with me. So good. I hope so. I love it so much. It's so good. So Jill, what does your permission slip say? My permission slip says to accept my entrepreneurship title. That's what my permission slip says. Boom. Mic drop. Not going to actually drop drop the mic. I could drop it if you want me. So, what did your permission slip say, Carly? Ooh, my permission slip today says to allow the dirty side of balancing because a lot of balance, like you think of it as like, oh, you get up and you make this routine and you're like up at 6 a.m. every day and like, you know, you have your coffee and your yogurt and granola and like you build this routine. But my morning was definitely not routine based. I slept in, I stayed in bed and I allowed myself to just listen to my body and take a couple extra hours this morning. So my permission slip says permission to accept the dirty side of balancing. And for everything not to be picture perfect. And that's balance, baby. That is balance. You're doing what your body's telling you. You're doing what you're listening to yourself. And I think that's so important. And I think we all forget to do that from time to time. To like listen to like what the needs are. Because we're too focused on, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do this. Like checking off all those things when like balance isn't about that all the time. Amen. Yes. This was so good. And I loved hearing about your journey of how you became Coach Jill. Yes. I love it. So follow us on Instagram, you guys, at wildly.balance. Check out our website, wildlybalancedpodcast.com. It's all linked in the show notes. And if you are a creative entrepreneur or a lawyer who went to school and dropped out to become something else, or you took... American Sign Language classes, we want to interview you. So check out our guest application on our website. It'll be linked in the show notes. And if you're just afraid of the word entrepreneurial, we'll still interview you because I totally get it. I feel you on that. Amen. Amen.